Hello and welcome to the Kick in the Creatives podcast, hosted by myself, Sandra Busby, and my fellow creative, Tara Roskell, offering you interviews, inspiration, motivation, and a gentle prod in the right direction. And for lots more information, challenges, and other useful tools to help you get creating, you can go to www.kickinthecreatives.com. And of course, this is where you can also find today's show notes. Enjoy the show. Welcome to today's episode. And today we're going to talk about how to present your artwork. And we're not just talking about framing. There's so much more to it than that. But before we get onto that, we want to thank everyone who's been sharing their work with us on social media. And this is where I would usually pick out some of the work shared from the challenges. But today, instead, I want to give a shout out to the people that are taking part in our monthly postcard swap. And that's not a challenge, but it's become really popular in the group. And some of the postcards um, people have been making and swapping are just absolutely gorgeous. And there was one in particular which caught my eye. And I want to read out the post behind it because I thought it was kind of relevant to what we're talking about today. But I'm not going to read out names because um, I didn't get a chance to ask permission. But somebody posted and said, I just received a post from my exchange partner. She went way above and beyond what I was expecting in my first postcard exchange. The postcard itself is beautiful and so well done, but the care and detail of her packaging is amazing. It doesn't show in the photo very well, but both the postcard and the envelope are stitched around the edges. Thank you so much. So seeing as we're talking about presenting our artwork, I just thought that was really, really apt to read out. Yeah, it looked amazing as well. I did see the photo. Yeah, I I must say, um, I've been keeping, because every now and then you get this post, don't you? And there's quite a few people post their um, postcards that they receive and some of them are absolutely beautiful. And I think, wait, we should be mentioning some of those. They're really nice. What about you? What's caught your eye? Um, Well, I've been liking The Animals by Dorothy Sinise. Um, she's got this really loose kind of almost scribbly style, but they just look amazing, the animal she's doing. Mm. And then Adrian Sutherland. Now, I don't think there's any limits. I think I've said this before to Adrian's talent. She seems to be good at every challenge we have, but she's been doing some really amazing animals. Um, and then Sue Watson. Now, I just am absolutely astounded by her sticking power with the challenge. She's been doing self-portraits and she's doing a kick 365 project. So every day of the year, she's drawn a self-portrait. And I honestly do not know how she does it. She keeps going. But she did this really beautiful one in pastel pencils. And she said it was the first time she'd used them. So I've yeah, got some. Yeah, you know, I've got to say she's really very um, good at her self-portraits as well. Because I remember when we did that um, live Zoom during lockdown where we were doing, um, we invited our group members, didn't we, to join us for a live drawing session. And I remember as soon as she came up on the screen, I thought, yes, I know who she is. Yeah. And it was literally because I'd seen her every day, um, or, you know, in drawing form. So, yeah, she she does get such a good likeness. So, yeah. But the pastel pencils, they looked amazing. And I've got mm. some and I keep threatening to, I got them for Christmas and I've been threatening to use them and still haven't tried them. So, you know, when you sort of start sticking to a medium you like, so I've got some yeah. like these neo colours and then mm. just haven't dabbled as much and I need to. Yeah, it's still nice to try things out, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, anyway, what is new with you? Well, I have at last finished the underlayers of the painting I'm working on. So hopefully the next layer will start bringing it to life a bit. But God, it's taken me so much longer than I would have liked. 
and I've decided after this one, I'm going to draw, draw, I'm going to paint some more um, smaller paintings. So I feel like I'm getting more done. But I don't, I don't know about you, but do you think lockdown has just made everything? I know we're not on lockdown so much now, but do you think it's... Um, it's like Groundhog us... Day, isn't it? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is, but I feel like I should have got so many more paintings done. But it's actually had the opposite effect for me. It's really weird. Yeah, well, I, I, I just feel like everything repeats. Because it's not like I had this raging social life anyway. <laughs> but, but you're not even going like down the pub so much. Or mm. out, I mean, we've hardly been out to eat because don't particularly want to go sit in a busy place at the no. moment. And so <clears> it, <throat> just, it just sort of, I guess you feel more stagnant, don't you? You're not doing some different things yeah I know exactly what you mean so I guess not a lot's new with you either <laughs> well, a few things well one big thing is just to announce to everybody what a big liar you are oh pardon yes what a bigger liar I'm never no so last week Sandra went on about how she liked painting naked just wearing an apron <laughs> and and I said at the time no you don't you're kidding and you said no no really do and then you took a photo of yourself just wearing your apron for instagram <laughs> and it was all a load of rubbish you don't paint naked at all do you well i do no you don't i mean i'm okay so i might be wearing a dress on the top and yes. some underwear but basically underneath all of that i'm naked yes <laughs> yes yeah, so i i don't believe you about anything at the moment oh, well well i must say it was certainly hot enough that I wanted to paint naked, but no, I actually didn't. And do you know why? Because um, I where I am, the, the art studio is at the end of the driveway. So if I happen to get a delivery, yeah. <laughs> that would be really embarrassing. So, okay, hands yeah. up, I don't paint naked. Okay. <laughs> so so I'm trying to think, all I've been doing really, I've, I've been doing more life drawing again you know I'm doing the online life drawing and I yeah. I, I do love it I have to say mm. and I've been practicing using watercolors for the longer sketches and I what I really want to do is that when we go out urban sketching again I want to be able to apply those watercolors really well and quickly and at the moment they just sort of don't really work well so I'd really like to sort that out you know I'm not so bad if I spent a lot of time I could probably do a decent one, but I want to do it so, you know, you just sparingly put in watercolor, almost like you do a Felicity Fizz, I guess. Yeah. And I'm not very good at that, so maybe mm. you need to give you some tips on that. <laughs> but we are intending also to have a, um, just us two, to have a drink and draw life drawing night, aren't we? When you can squeeze, oh, yeah. squeeze it in. But we, yeah. won't, we won't be naked. Well, I definitely won't be naked. <laughs> well, you don't know. <laughs> if we have enough to drink, you might be. No, I won't. <laughs> It would take an awful lot. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah that would be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that because I was thinking, you know, when are we going to get to do our um, – because we used to do probably, I don't know, um, once every couple of months we'd meet up, yeah. wouldn't we, for a, for a drawing trip. We were going to do every uh, once a month, weren't we, this year? We, that yeah, was we the were going to do once a month. That was the plan and that would have been brilliant. And, of course, it all went wrong. So I'm just thinking maybe – It'll probably be spring now, won't it? Yeah, I'd think? imagine so, yeah. 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 Hopefully things are to calm down there. Because even if you do, I mean, when I, I had to go to London um, a couple of weeks ago and it was quite, it was really strange because obviously I haven't been there since all this happened. And um, 
when I got there, it was like, well, it's deserted, really. And the people that were milling around were wearing masks, which is odd anyway. So you're sketching people with masks on. And um, it's really weird because I live in a very small town and there was a lot more people, you know, buzzing around my small town than there was in London. Yeah. So we could have gone, really, but we wouldn't have had to draw any people. Yeah, that's right. Like, really? Yeah, yeah. And I hate building, so it probably wouldn't have been any good for me. (laughs) Anyway, let's get on to today's subject because we're talking about how to present your art. And there are so many different ways these days that we have to present not just our art, but also ourselves as artists too. And doing it well, it can mean the difference between selling your work and not selling your work or being taken seriously or not. Tara, would you say you take me seriously? No, not really. Especially when you fib about your uh, nakedness. Oh, charming. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so, you present yourself very well in that way. Oh, thanks. <laughs> oh, she's on the attack today. <laughs> so we want to start right at the root and talk about how um, we talk about ourselves when people ask about what we do and how we present ourselves as artists. So if you're one of these people that really struggles to say those words, I am an artist, and instead you just fumble around with all sorts of ways to say it, um, other than that, such as, you know, I paint or I dabble in a bit of art, well, you kind of need to address that before you do anything else. And I remember finding it really difficult at first as well. And I'm sure most people I met probably thought I was a painter and decorator because I was one of the ones that said oh I I I paint (laughs) I'm a painter but you know if it comes across that you're kind of embarrassed to say it then that's really not ideal or maybe you're one of these people that can say the words I'm an artist but you find yourself finishing that sentence with oh but I'm not very good or oh but it's just something I do on the side You know, whatever you do, do not apologize for your work. You need to appear confident in what you do, because if you're not, then nobody else will be. Do you find that at all difficult, Tara? Yeah, I've been really guilty of this a lot in the past, as you probably know. And (laughs) and I'm making a conscious effort to stop doing it. It does still trickle out of my mouth occasionally or out of my Mm. words. Um, But I'm really trying not to say if I do a bit of work that I think's good enough to post, but I don't necessarily like it or I know what's wrong with it. I'm trying just not not to say anything about it. You know, I don't have to I don't have to say a negative. I can just not say anything. So I think don't say something. Don't look at it and say, oh I finished this, but the perspective's a bit off or oh I'm not sure about this one or I wish I've stopped earlier and overworked it. Because the person on the other side, they don't know that. And they might love it just how you're presenting it. And and to be honest, if you do say that thing, if you have really made a mistake, it will then stick out like a sore thumb. It's like that big spot that you've got zinging, isn't it, on your face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and nobody notices it until you point it out. Oh, my God, I've got a spot. Because you put a concealer on it, and it's only when you mention it, it then zings, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it's far better to draw people's attention to the bits of art that you like, such as, oh, I love painting faces and I had fun with this one. Or you can tell that Sandra's written this bit. Oh, the marbles took so long to paint. (laughs) That was my example. (laughs) (laughs) But I love capturing the play of light. Why did you give that bit to me? (laughs) So these are the confident comments that are going to make your viewer feel more comfortable. And it's actually funny because doing this live drawing, 
it's almost the same thing because how would the life model presents themselves makes you more comfortable drawing them and it is that way isn't it it's like actors comedians however they are on stage where they present themselves make you feel better or worse so there's a life model um that i was drawing recently not a professional life model but he made me feel so uncomfortable Oh, really? But well, how did he present himself? Or just because rude? he, no, 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 just because he didn't look comfortable oh, standing I see. there. And it, oh, gosh, yeah, that would be. He, he yeah. looked awkward and then it made me feel bad, which it, mm. it's, it's exactly the same thing you're doing with your art, isn't it? It's like you're making the person looking at it feel uncomfortable about it. And I think if you haven't got anything good to say about your work, what I mean is you put a bit of work up, but you're you're not sure about it or something's bugging you about it and you don't want to say anything about the actual painting itself, tell a story that goes with the piece. I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been doing this a lot more lately. So when I create a face and it's got a little character around it, I start telling little stories that relate to you know, what I put on the paper or something to do with my life. So yeah. so I drew a woman who was looking at clothes, you know, basic clothes shopping. I think she had a yeah. little character around her. And so instead of writing something about that drawing, because maybe it wasn't one of my favourites, I've just admitted now, haven't I? <laughs> I've just presented <laughs> myself badly. Instead, I'll write about a story that I haven't been clothes shopping for ages because of lockdown and and the last thing I've you know, what was the last thing I bought and how me and Kevin at the beginning of lockdown, we got really dressed up on the first night of lockdown. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Remember you doing that. So I you just, kind of had dinner, didn't you? Like it. Like in, we were going um, out to a restaurant. So I wore a dress, mm. which I only do a couple of times a year. And Kevin put, you know, shirt and tie on. And I did put in brackets, he did also have trousers on in the post. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think if you put something like that, People like the story. I mean, some people have actually said, oh, I really like reading your stories that go with it. And also you ask someone a question about it then, you know, when was the last time you bought clothes or, or something like that? So it, you, you're not saying anything derogatory about your work and you're also getting people to know you more as well, aren't you? And then they might open up and tell you something about when they last bought something or whatever. And I, I just think it's a good way to start a conversation without having to say anything negative about your work. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. I find it really frustrating now when I do see those posts where the first thing you get is an apology for the work. And don't get me wrong, I understand in some in a group, like a private Facebook group where you're unsure of yourself, and you're just beginning, I understand it then because everyone's, um, you know, a lot of people haven't got the confidence. But, you know, I think it's more important to, to talk about the bits you are pleased with than the bits that you're not because like you said it's very unlikely anyone else will rec- will even realize anyway because most viewers that view art aren't artists don't forget so and they'll like the bits that you don't like as well yeah it's, it's yeah sometimes the bits that you think are um mistakes are the bits that make something quirky you know yeah i remember presenting this um it's when i was trying to to draw a mindfulness book I did this collaboration with someone where I I came up with cartoons about mindfulness Hmm. and it had a little character of a dog and a little character of of a woman and I actually got some help from a woman who specialized in you know in characters and branding and that sort of thing yeah and I was talking to her online and and she said well 
what I think needs improving is this bit. But the bit I like best about your cartoon is the real scribbly loose lines on the dog. And when I looked at it myself, I was thinking, oh, I wonder if I need to tidy that up. <laughs> so the bit that she thinks made the piece were the bits yeah. I thought I needed to correct. So you really do not necessarily know your work the best. No, no, absolutely. And I want to stick to the online presentation for a bit. Because how you show a piece of art on social media has a huge impact on how people perceive your work, like you just said. But before I go on, one big no-no is to manipulate a photograph of your art to make it look better than it actually is for social media. Certainly if you're selling it, especially if you're selling it, you know, it's really important to make sure that your photo is as close in colour and brightness as you can get it to the actual painting or drawing. You know, it, it's like it's like when you see um, people using those Facebook apps. Oh yeah. Oh my god! And you, you uh, I've seen them advertised where you get a face and then something happens and you swipe across and this person looks ten years younger and flawless skin and all that and you're like, <laughs> why? Because I'll tell you why. Because you know, I I would hate for somebody to see me in the flesh having seen me on Facebook and think she looks a bit rough (laughs) and likewise you don't want a buyer to be disappointed when they receive your painting because you've made it look fantastic in the photograph when actually maybe the colors are a bit more muted or you know you've got to be honest with your work Um, but a good quality photograph taken square on with good sharpness and light is is really important because a poor photo of your work can mean the difference between a sale and no sale. It's just important that it's a true photograph, but taken very well. And I know it's really difficult because, you know, we're artists, we're not photographers. I mean, some of you might be um, lucky enough to, to know, a, <laughs> you know a camera really well. I'm not I'm not like that, unfortunately, but um, there are ways to make things easier. And generally, I find photographing my lighter paintings, such as my marble paintings, um, quite easy, to be honest. I just wait for a a bright but overcast day and I usually face the painting north for the most even light. And if the light is too dull, then I just use a daylight bulb if I have to, but definitely not a normal bulb because the colours will be all wrong. It'll throw the whites off. And I also always use a tripod so the camera is steady and I'm square onto the painting. So all that really helps me to get the best photograph I can of my work. But I can't deny I really do have problems when it comes to photographing my darker paintings. I've spoken to you about this before, haven't I, Tara? You know, like the ones I've done recently with the hands holding the glass and the lights. They're kind of on a really dark background and they are a nightmare to photograph because they need to be in decent light to bring out the subject as it appears in the painting. But then again, at the same time, any light that hits... Um, the dark sort of surroundings just bounces straight back off the canvas and it kind of results in this blue glare and it's honestly an ongoing problem and the photographs are never the best but sometimes I can get rid of a bit of the glare on the computer if I've got to Um, but worst case scenario I've even been known to put a note underneath saying there isn't really a bright blue glare (laughs) it's just the the photograph but you you know we can only do our best but it really is important that we do do our best. See the thing is that because I know Photoshop I could probably sort that out for you but I can't because I haven't got the original painting sitting here to compare it to. Yes that's what you mean yeah. 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 
which is uh, bizarre. It's easier to get the gist of them when I... It's strange. If I stand right back across the other side of the studio and take it so the painting's just a small part of the surroundings, yeah. then the painting looks perfectly fine. It is as it is. But for the purpose of selling on a website, you want a, an image, a full-size image of that painting, don't you? And that's where... The problem lies because uh, you can't crop no, into right, it. Because... Actually, he would be all right cropping in because um, probably the resolution, if you're using a really high res, I'm going to get techie here. If you're using a really high resolution camera, like your phone would do a really high resolution shot, wouldn't it? Your, your phone is, is big high resolution. Yeah. And if you took that from quite far away, you could then crop in and the crop you'd get on that photo would probably be perfectly adequate for a web. Do you think? Yeah. Do you know, I've never tried that before. I just assumed it would be all blurry. I mean, you have to make sure, obviously, the focus was good. And yeah. You'd, you'd have to send it to me to have a look at, but um, it mm. might work. Yeah, I'll have to try that next yeah. time. Because I, I love doing those darker paintings. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. Don't send them all to me. No, no what I was going to say is, um, Laura, can you photographers out there and whoever, I don't know what I'm doing with photography, so this is just a guess. So don't blame me if I'm totally wrong on that, okay? Is that, is that a disclaimer? Yes, that is a disclaimer. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but it's worth, definitely worth a try. The only thing I don't know is how, if it would hold the detail. So that, Yeah, that's the thing, yeah. isn't it? So I have to test that. But obviously you can focus certain parts with your iPhone. You know that, don't you? Yes, yeah, yeah I do know that, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, yeah, definitely worth a go. Um, anyway, moving on. So even simple things like cropping in so you don't see the edges of paper makes a huge difference. I see some people post things on Instagram and you can see the edges of paper and it's fine if, you, if you've done it as a aesthetic thing with your pens and pencils and I've done this in the past and totally guilty but it makes such a difference if you actually crop in closer you know to the actual painting and get rid of those harsh crappy edges it makes so much difference yeah um, and like I said if you do want to photograph your art with the edges photograph it in you know, with materials around it or something to make it look like they're part of the picture itself. So I've done some where I've put a few neocolored crayons or you put your pencil on it, don't you? That sort of thing. Yeah. Or photograph it in some sort of surroundings. Um, I don't know, make it look nice so there's a nice surface underneath it or, or things like that. Um, and I've seen some people put up posts where they just look like pictures in themselves, not the actual art, but, you know, they've got maybe pine cones or plants around it or fairy lights, you know, just to make it look pretty instead of just leaning it against like a grubby wall or, you know, holding up wearing your grubby apron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guilty of that. Yeah, being naked <laughs> behind it and all that. You know? <laughs> Ooh, there's an idea. Yeah, or, you know, put, put it there with, you know, steaming coffee. We've seen shots like that, haven't we? I haven't tried anything like that. Because uh, because I haven't got any fancy mugs, to be perfectly honest. But I need to get some fancy yes. mugs. Sorry? Need, do you know what we need? We need we need to get some kick in the creative oh, we do. mug. Yeah, that, we? that's a good idea. We'll have to do that. Yeah. Anyway, we've diverted. Uh, another thing I saw that I thought re looked really lovely was, was someone had um, held up her paintings. She'd got really nice nails. Mine are all huge, so they wouldn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> but she'd held them up to the sky. So you've got this lovely blue sky. Um, you know, fluffy clouds, and then her hands are these really lovely nails, and she 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 must have sat for the tripod, obviously, <laughs> and must have had very still hands. 
and uh, photographed that, which looked really nice. So uh, oh. I, I would have thought it would be a silhouette. Well, she's obviously, no, because uh, you can choose where your point is on your camera as well. See, this is where you know more about photography <laughs> than I do. Yeah, so she... Considering my dad was a photographer and I did photography O-level and passed, you think I'd know more. Yeah, this was years ago, though, back in the day where you had to go in the dark room and swish them around in the chemicals and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, so so you can choose anyway which which bit it kind of focuses on. But she, she'd done it really well and she hadn't done it with the sun, so it was more the blue sky she'd caught, which was, which was really nice. Mm. And I actually recently, I, I couldn't believe this, I photographed... Uh, two of Kevin, the paintings I've done on Kevin's walls are in frames. And because it was such a small room, I was thinking, how am I going to take a, an interesting shot of this rather than just get back and try and just about get the two in, if you know, because they're a little bit of distance apart. I was thinking, that's going to look a bit rubbish. So I kind of um, knelt down low on the floor and took it at, at an angle, sort of looking down. So it was an interesting angle and it was it did so well. On Instagram, I know that's not everything, but clearly people liked the look of it because it it was more interesting. It was cleverly composed. Yeah. I saw that one. Yeah. yeah, so it was just like more interesting than flat, and it got the two images in, and they kind of look quite nice. And I've actually just bought; they've actually arrived yesterday, still sitting in the cardboard box. Two more white frames, and what I think I'm going to try and do is, when we get some nice weather, I'm going to try taking some different photos, like. I might get Kevin to hold it because he's got a bit of nails than me, you know, against the sky, <laughs> maybe a frame like that. I'm not going to put pictures in them. And then maybe I'm going to put them in on different walls around the house. Like, say, for example, in our bathroom, we've got a red, a kind of deep red wall. And I might put it against that wall and take a photo and, and take it in different places. And then I'm going to Photoshop in my uh, pictures. Sounds brilliant. Yes, and but of course you don't actually have to do that. You can get you know ready done pictures in different different places. I will talk about a bit later. Well, like you said, I mean it's just just kind of making your photograph an artwork in itself in a way because what you're trying to do, you're you're almost people are if they're going to buy your painting, they're almost wanting to buy. Uh, by a bit of you and a bit of your lifestyle I suppose so if you're if you're um drawing or paintings in in lovely surroundings I don't know why it just makes people more probably more likely to to want to buy it yeah and I I love the stories sorry. as well I think that goes yeah. with that doesn't it as well oh yeah definitely definitely and I love seeing um flip throughs as well and time lapse videos as well on on uh, social media so that's another good idea but do you know what one thing that really really annoys me when it comes to flip throughs and time-lapse videos or any kind of art videos is when it comes with really loud annoying music and I find that when I scroll through Instagram I don't know if you find this but you know it there seems to be more and more videos at the moment isn't it doesn't there and I remember I always used to stop and watch videos because they caught my eye but now there's they're all everything's a video so it's sort of hard to well, there's a new feature know. isn't that on Instagram y- yeah For and the prob- is that what it is yeah well, what it is, is it's very annoying because I flip through Instagram and all of a sudden, as soon as it passes a video, I get this hideous music and it's really loud. And I I don't want to watch the video. I instantly will not watch it. I'll just do you know how use... old you sound? Oh, I, well, maybe I do. But I, I, 
But I just zoom straight past it because I just want to shut the music up because it's too loud and it's too annoying. Sound like my grandma used to be like a disco. <laughs> Do you know, it's funny you should say that because even as a, I mean, I, as a girl in my 20s, you know, I used to love, I love, I love music. Don't get me wrong. I love music and I love playing loud music in my car when I'm driving along if it's what I like to listen to. But I always remember when I used to go into, you remember Topshop, the days yeah. when we were young enough to go in Topshop. <laughs> I remember going in, into Topshop to buy an outfit for, you know, a weekend clubbing or something. And even back then, I remember they used to play their music so loud and it used to annoy the hell out of me. And I used to think all I want to do is just concentrate on what I'm looking for. I don't want to hear all this. <laughs> even as a young girl, I, I never liked really loud stuff like that. But um, I remember once, right, watching a, watching a video of somebody online drawing and the song playing was so unrelated and so weird for an art video. And it was kind of this rap song. And the lyrics were things like, I don't know if I can say this online. I want, I want to hear I, you rap it. <laughs> I'm not going to rap it, but it's like, you know, things like yo, yo, bitches and all this oh, sort of crap. Yeah. And it's like, and then there was another word that rhymes with, rhymes with yo, but I won't say that, but it is known as a garden tool as well. <laughs> I thought, I just thought, come on, really? Is that really want, what you want to be playing while you're doing this? Because I just didn't get well, it. The traditional watercolour they were painting. <laughs> I, can't even remember. I can't remember what it, they were even painting, but I just thought they obviously just liked the song. So, oh, yeah, I like that song. I'll play that. But if you're going to have music, and don't get me wrong, I don't like when – you're, when you're watching a time lapse, I find um, – silence uncomfortable as well so I do think a bit of background gentle inoffensive easy listening and definitely not loud music is great (laughs) but but you just got you don't want to just put get on people's nerves that is at all so that reels is uh reels is like instagram's version of tiktok you remember see I didn't know this I just thought I had no idea about this. And I think I I haven't looked into it fully. I I tried to make one, but uh, I believe that like TikTok, there are soundtracks that come with it that you can choose from. And I guess that they must have some deal with the record companies that you can use so many seconds of it. So there must be, there must be something you can choose where you, at least the volume. I don't know. I don't know about that. But yeah, I do know that I think you can just add, you know, there are tracks, multiple, multiple tracks that you can add to them mm. so, yeah so maybe don't choose the rapping ho yeah or like i don't know what is it what kind of is it heavy metal oh, and yeah. all that sort of stuff no thank you okay, well, <laughs> well i don't know if you were drawing something with a heavy metal feel yeah and it is perfect that's different isn't yeah. it it's different but you still don't have to have it at 100 million decibels <laughs> do you know what i mean <laughs> you can still have it a little bit quiet that's your age though that is Hang on, you're older than me. Yeah, but I'm not the one complaining about the music, <laughs> am I? Yeah, that's true. We're going to move on to framing in a bit. But before that, I just want to make a quick note on the finishing off the painting or drawing before it's framed. Now, I don't know how you feel about this, Tara, but I've been to open houses and exhibitions, and this really bothers me, right. <laughs> where you've got unframed paintings hanging on the wall which is fine because sometimes you want to buy an unframed painting so you can choose your own frame but they're on display and they're on a canvas and I get really irritated 
with the paintings that where the artist has left the edges of the canvas all grubby with like paint splats and finger marks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Around, like, yeah. yeah. Now I like to finish mine off by painting them white, even if they're going straight in a frame, I, I'll always do that. And also with a drawing, I'd usually cut the edges neatly and then rub out any marks I've made with my rubber. And, you know, anything that's not meant to be a part of the drawing, I would get rid of. But some people say that the painting marks around a canvas are all part of owning an original piece and it shows the workings of an artist's hands. But I, I'm not so sure about that, but I'm really in two minds because when I was really thinking about this, if I were to get, say, um, like an original Lewis Rosignol sketch yeah. in the post, look him up. If you don't know who I'm talking about, look up Lewis Rosignol and you'll podcast. know why I'm saying this. Google. Yeah, we've had, him on, we've had him on the podcast as well. Um, so if I was to get one of his sketches in the post, I I would probably be disappointed if if he had neatly cropped his um, sketch and then cleaned it up. I might prefer it to be as it was, just ripped out of the sketchbook with all his smudgy, I don't know, coffee rings and paint smudges and all the uh, charcoal smudges. I, I don't know, but I think there's, I suppose it's down to the what art it is maybe. I don't know what your thoughts yeah, are no, on I, that. Totally. I mean, your your art is precise and clean and, you know, the way you paint, I mean, is mm. it's very detailed so having it scruffy around the edges does not go does it but with lewis's work and people's like that it really does go it's it's yeah. part of the piece isn't it but yeah. um, now you you'll know about this because you've been as well but i remember going to see the royal academy show you know the royal academy of arts yeah yeah you went with your daughter didn't you i went with my mum years ago oh yeah and i could not believe how, now these are supposed to be some of like the best artists in in the country well, you know, you're led to believe they are anyway. <laughs> but I could not believe how badly the work was presented when we went. I don't know if it was the same for you, but well, all I can remember about my vi- my um, visit was a blow up banana that was kind of deflated ish in the middle of the room. I know, but what... I don't even know if it was meant to be a banana. No, well, when we went, they had this art, but it was it was appallingly hung. Mm. And it was, it was stuff almost looked like they got, I don't know if they were homemade frames or not, but it was just, they were a mess. Um, majority of it looked a mess. It looked like, it looked amateur. And I didn't get it. I just honestly didn't get it. it you wouldn't have thought these were like prestigious artists you I, really wouldn't would you know even to, to me it wasn't even like lewis's has that feel that grungy feel and they didn't necessarily have the grungy feel to the paintings that went with this they just looked a mess so I, I didn't get it i think it has to be appropriate to the type of art like like you were saying definitely and i remember when i went there with adele my daughter um thinking exactly the same thing thinking that half of the frames I felt were unsuitable for the paintings in them you know getting that wrong can can make even the most amazing painting look really bad because you know it, you've got to choose wisely and on the other hand the perfect frame can make a not so great painting look a lot better so um I've just thought of a really good analogy I'm going to liken it to offering someone a glass of water so you can pour them the most expensive sparkling spring water and then serve it tepid and in a mug. Well, yeah. that's just criminal, isn't it? Or you can serve it chilled in a tall glass with some ice and a slice of lemon. Well, it's always going to look 
inviting, isn't it? You didn't no matter whether up, did you on the spot though. You had that in your notes, didn't you? Do you know, I, I haven't got that one in, in my notes. I, I'm, I've just been thinking about it because would you drink water out of a mug? Well, only if I was desperate. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely not. And I've, I'll tell you what I will liken it to as well is tea. So if you're going to serve someone a cup of tea, China cup. Oh, I don't care about this. No, I don't care about that. Boiling water first, then milk, never the other way round. And are you a dunker, Tara? Well, if I've got a biscuit, I don't really eat biscuits. But I do no, dunk I, I have got one. Oh, Paul loves dunking his biscuits. And I'll tell you what, I found I find that foul. I really do. I can't I can't bear the idea of dunking biscuits in my cup of tea. He likes Kit Kats. What he does is he bites the end off. I think we're going sucks... off track a little bit. I know, I know. Sorry, I'll just say, <laughs> but he bites the end of the chocolate off and then he sucks the tea through the Kit Kat like straw. It's revolting. Oh. But yeah, basically what I'm trying to say is you wouldn't Okay, you might serve tea in a mug. I mean, I know I, I will do that. But nine p one from twenty years ago. <laughs> okay. My my point being is that if you get a cup of tea and it's in a nice china bone china mug and a saucer, or you get a glass of water and it's in a nice tall glass with a bit of ice and lemon, you know, it's basically the same thing. It's tea and it's water, but it's how you serve it. So that's that's what my analogy is. <laughs> it's the same with paintings, you know. <laughs> basically, the painting or the drawing is what it is, but how you serve it, if you like, it makes all the difference. How did See, the Kit Kat come I, in? I wasn't, I wasn't going off topic. Aside from the Kit Kat, yeah. <laughs> the rest of it was fully on topic. Okay. <laughs> but I'll never forget... I'm pretty sure I've told you this, Tara. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but I'll never forget the time I sold one of my my glass paintings. And the guy who bought it, he emailed me for some advice on the frame. So I suggested that it needed, because it was was one of my dark paintings and it was a glass and it was, I I don't want to say exactly what it was in case. case I doubt very much. Very much, but anyway, Enough, I'm not going to say are. too much. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, anyway, I suggested what he needed was a black frame with maybe a hint of bronze in it or something like that, but something dark. And I knew that that would be perfect for the painting and really finish it off nicely. Anyway, he emailed me, right? He emailed me a couple of weeks later to show me the painting because he was so delighted with this painting when it came. He was like, I love it. I absolutely love it. He he emailed me a photograph of the painting hanging on the wall and he had it framed and I was horrified because he'd put it in a bright royal blue frame. So he hadn't listened to you. What's the point of emailing you? I know. That was exactly what I thought. He could literally not have picked anything worse. We hadn't even taken the colours out of the painting. No, God, no, no, definitely hadn't. And, and the worst part was that it was one of my favourite paintings that I, I think I'd done at the time anyway, and I still love it even today when I see it. I think, oh, I really like that one. But it, it kind of, the frame just ruined it. it. It just, I couldn't believe that he'd done that to what was a good painting and it was just all I could see was the frame the painting was secondary and I couldn't say anything because obviously he loved it and he yeah. was really proud of it yeah, but I think it, that really yeah I mean it it was probably I would say the worst example of a frame I'd seen and and he'd spent a lot of money on the painting so it was a real shame 
you know how, how about you because you you started realizing just how much a frame can set a painting off when you framed a couple of your faces recently didn't you yeah well first of all though i thought of a way we can get the kit kat analogy into presenting which is <laughs> <laughs> hang on you, you moan at me for going off topic yeah years ago i remember i worked at this was when i was about 25 or something i worked at the graphic design a little graphic design studio it was only three of us actually and uh, they the two of them owned the studio <laughs> And I had to mock something up. I can't remember what it was and cut out. But I'd clearly just been eating chocolate and hadn't washed my hands afterwards and um, mocked this thing up. And my boss came in. She was laughing. She goes, it's better when you don't have chocolate on your mock-up. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we can edit that bit out anyway. I thought you, at first I thought you said mop something up. I, I thought, up. oh, so she was the cleaner then. No, no. You know what? <laughs> We used yeah, to, yeah, make make yeah. a brochure look like it was a brochure. Oh, God. Yeah, that no, is I got funny. all over it. <laughs> she thought it was funny. I didn't. Maybe it. it worked. Yeah, maybe it did. Um. But, anyway, yeah, I remember those paintings that you you know we were chatting, weren't we, online about? And I was like, oh, you know, you should try it in a frame, and you weren't that bothered, were you? But then you did it, didn't you? And it, yeah, you know, I it. I did it, and that's that's actually one of the ones. Well. Both the ones on Kevin's walls are actually in the frame. Kind of, you suggested it as well, the type of frame you thought would work. Mm. And so I just went for a very white edge frame with a white mount round. And it is amazing how much it transforms what you've done. Because, of course, when you, even if you trim out your piece, um, I tape my paper down to a board. So you've always got that edge. And yes, you can trim it right down, but I'll tend to leave that edge quite often because obviously you want a bit that you can stick a mount to if you are going to mount it up. So yeah. they look a little bit ragged, don't they, when they're not? Yeah. And as soon as you put that mount and put it in a frame, it's like, oh my God, it goes from being this, I'm not going to say amateur, but it goes from being this thing that's like, oh, well, yeah, that, that's a nice picture, to then it's like, oh, it looks so professional. Did yeah. You know that? I don't know, the professional thing about it, it just completely changed it. But I have to say, I loathe, I loathe framing anything. And I've been, what I did was I just... Why, why though? I, I bought some online frames. So um, they come in like, they've got, I don't think it's glass. It's something else, but it, it looks like glass, but it's not as breakable. So you'd probably cry at that idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm fine with it. Um but and obviously I'm not selling them like that. This was for bras. And but trying to get a blinking picture in a frame is a nightmare. Even though I've measured so you know, this is the size I need and they cut the mounts for you and everything. But the amount of dust you get in a painting. And I, I must have put one of these pictures in and out the frame about five or so times because I'd put it in the frame, you know, I've got me glass cleaner and I've cleaned the glass down. I think it's all fine. Put my picture in. Look at the other. Yeah, that's fine. Stick it all down. Put the back on. Put it up. Think. Oh, there's a bit of dust in there. Yeah. Do you know why? No. <clears throat> Probably because you didn't dust the backing and the frame itself. Because often you're, the actual frame itself has no. got um, bits of where they they sand them down and all the rest of it. Sometimes okay. you get a bit of residue dust in the actual frame itself, and also 
in the actual backing board. So what would you dust them with? And also your actual painting. I use a shaving brush. Oh, right. Okay. I just, I just, and then, or uh, you could use a hairdryer just to get rid of stuff. And, you know, it's really, and, and on your actual painting itself, you, you should dust that because anything that's on your painting will, or your drawing will then drop down into the, and it's worse when it's sort of between the mount and the glass. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's right. It's really in your face then. Yeah. Mm. Oh, it was driving me nuts. And of course, yeah. as well, because I have been using pastels, it probably is what it is. There's probably tiny little particles of pastels that are sitting. Could you use fixer on that? You can use fixer. I've not used fixer because they don't particularly rub that much. Right. Um, unlike oil pastels, mm-hmm. um, you know, which are very smudgy. Yeah. They don't smudge that much with your fingers. So I've just tended to leave them. And I've yeah. just having trouble trying to find a fix that should work with those they do one in the u.s um it seems to be hard to get here mm-hmm. but anyway yeah it, that drives me mad but now i know and i do wonder actually after you said that would that you know you get those pressurized air cans yeah air is, I wonder if that would work oh it would work on the frame and, and, and all the little corners yeah. and things but you wouldn't want to probably do that on your drawing guess <laughs> it blasted it away <laughs> Because they're not that strong, are they? They're not, no. I'm not talking about using like a pressure washer, like on I, the car. I would just, I would just use a hairdryer. I mean, I, I've never had too much problem. I do sometimes I'll have a problem with a frame like that, but generally speaking, you just got to remember to dust everything, and then yeah, just you put them in your own frames. I thought you actually had them framed up. Yeah, I do. Um, but sometimes I just get the frames made and then I frame, I put it in the frame myself. It depends what I want it for. Usually, usually what I'll do is I would always get mine done professionally. We've got framers down the road and they're really good, yeah. really, really good. And the finish is amazing. You, and of course you can, you can, they'll, you know, you could choose the frame. You can try bits of frame. Yeah. Well, that's, know. that's what I quite like, um, about online. Um, I might have written this further in my notes. If I go quiet, you'll know because I've got nothing to say at that point. Yes. <laughs> I should point out, we, we refer to our notes. They're basically bullet points. I mean, we haven't literally rehearsed everything we say. <laughs> but, but basically, on, online, what I like is, uh, I, to be honest, I didn't actually do this fully, but you can go on and it will show, if you upload a picture of your work, you can see what it will look like in some of their different frames on some yeah. of these. That's a really useful tool as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <clears throat> you don't always get the absolute effect, though. No. I mean, it's like those the scoop frames and things like that. Sometimes they'll look flat when they're not. And Yeah. So, so anyway, I want to know, because you know a lot more about this than me, because I'm just sort of starting out in this sort of thing. So what's your advice on framing? Well, do you know what? Hold that thought because Tara and I continue talking for another 45 minutes. Obviously, we can blame Tara because, well, we all know she can never stop talking. But anyway, we decided to make this a two-part episode. So don't forget to tune back in to hear the rest of our conversation next time. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, perhaps you'd like to share it and leave a review for us on iTunes. Back soon. talk about watercolors because you do them more than i do <laughs> I don't do watercolors anymore <laughs> but they can fade yeah, can't i they? mean they can definitely fade in direct sunlight so oh tara tara oh, what's going on something yeah you've knocked your microphone off <laughs>
You sound like oh. you're in the bathroom. You're not on the toilet, are you? You haven't got no, a drink. Wait, while we're recording. 